Theos. Hey, hey, Pass 101, you're doing well. Good. Como están? Oh, wow. Man, 102, coming along. <laughs> super, super, super duper. Good to be here after, I think, many years. I can't even think the last time. I do remember Bruce and Berth Alice Merritt. Some of you don't even remember them, but they were sitting over here, and uh, they were our shepherds, our, our elders, pastors. I just really want to call them. That's what they were. They were just wonderful people who took care of us so many many years at uh, Grace Bible Chapel, and we got up here when they were still living, and uh, ever since then, we haven't been back. But anyhow, thank you for inviting us to come this morning. It's a real joy. Back in 78, the elders at Grace Bible Chapel commended us to the work in Bolivia. Uh, Jan and I left uh, the 27th of November in 79 and worked in La Paz for two years, then on to Sucre, where we have been since then serving the Lord, uh, not only shepherding the assembly there, but also working with leadership around uh, Bolivia and all of Latin America and Spain and Africa have been uh, a number of places uh, uh, teaching and helping people to uh, understand a little more about what intimacy with God is, number two, how to study the Bible, and hopefully, number three, how they can strengthen their marriage. And so I just, I just arrived from uh, Santiago de Chile uh, just two days ago, and uh, we're here for three weeks, the Lord willing, and uh, checking up on a, on a new grandbaby that is around. That's number five. We have another one coming, so we have five and a half grandchildren. Four of our children live in this area. And uh, one is back at Duke uh, University teaching, and then one in, in uh, France. And so we feel real privileged and honored by the Lord to have our children and have them walking with the Lord. And uh, we are just uh, thankful for that this morning. Wow. Enjoyed uh, the breaking of bread. Uh, didn't say much just because uh, sometimes, you know, I'm the guy that's doing it, and I just wanted to be ministered to this morning, righteousness of God, righteousness of his son, and so many things. What a wonderful privilege it is to be here today. This Sunday is special. Some people got a little extra sleep. Some of us whose clock is not quite adjusted right Wake at 4 o'clock, and, you know, it was time to get up and get going, you know. But uh, some people had it right and were able to sleep. But this week, not only did we go back an hour, but this week we went back 500 years. I trust somebody brought it to your mind on Tuesday that that was 500 years since Martin Luther helped us out a whole lot. 
to get back to sola escritura. Sola fide, sola escritura. Solo Cristo. Uh, all the five solas that we have. Uh, I was in Santiago de Chile where um, the, the government has set aside not a real good day around here, but the 31st of October as the Evangelical Day. It's always Halloween here, not too good. But uh, in Latin America, in, in, in Chile, they actually, the government has blocked it off and called it El Dia del Evangelico. And so it was a real privilege to celebrate with him. In fact, the president, I you know, shook hands with Michelle Bachelet, uh, not because I deserved it or anything, but I was, just happened to be there in the meeting with a bunch of leaders and pastors at this uh, meeting on uh, Tuesday morning. And I was really blessed. 20% of Chile uh, it says that they are believers in Jesus Christ, a tremendous move among the Pentecostal groups, uh, huge churches. Uh, one, church is, one church is over a half a million people, you know, uh, and uh, God is doing wonderful things. There's a lot of bad stuff going on, but let me assure you, God is still on the throne, and he will be there forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God's there, man. And uh, it's an exciting time to live and to minister and to do what the Lord has called each one of us to do. Uh, just, uh, I just want to challenge you this morning uh, in his word and also challenge you to just trust the Lord. Keep on trusting something I'm not real good at all the time. But the Holy Spirit keeps on working in my life. Back to the 27th of February. 2.10. I was in a hotel. In Concepcion, Chile. Just happened to be there giving a seminar. 3.34 in the morning. Things started a rocking. <laughs> I can't even imitate the total sound, but, uh, you know, when Paul talks about the earth is, um, what's the word in English? Uh, uh, it's gimiendo. Um, sorry, I don't like to do this. Uh, groaning. Thank you. Thank you. That's why I need my wife at these things here. Uh, groaning. We were there. This whole building started a rockin'. The building, three blocks away, 16 stories high, laid on its side and killed a bunch of people. And uh, everybody cried, tsunami, tsunami, tsunami. Let me tell you, that gets you moving pretty fast. In the hotel, there was a group of football players, soccer players, macho, macho men. They were the first ones that were out of the hotel that morning. And there was a, a group of ladies that had gone to play in an orchestra. I don't think they've ever dressed that fast in their life because those ladies were out of the building too in less than five minutes for sure. We were all out on the street because it was shaking pretty bad. 
I went to the church where I was giving the seminar, and the water had come up to right to the doorstep, right to where the door, uh, right, right with the door. And um, little fish were jumping. Honestly, this is honest truth. They were jumping to get into the door. That's another way to bring in fish to church, but not the most recommended way, right? But anyhow, devastation. Devastation. Oh, that was terrible. Water had come up to about this high in many people's homes, mud and everything else. Terrible. A lot of animals died and... Uh, Stunk, whew, it was terrible. Seven kilometers it had come in, uh, this tsunami. They asked me, would you please give us a word of encouragement? A pastor was on the island, the San Fernando Island. The water came in took the whole house, never saw his wife again. That was the end. Uh, it was devastating. So the Lord put on my mind and heart Psalm 46. Now before we get into Psalm 46, let me just give you the background. <laughs> Psalms have a whole lot more meaning when we study the background of why they were written. Psalm 46 not only was used by Martin Luther to write that wonderful, mighty fortress is our God. But Psalm 46 was really written probably, uh, <laughs> all these probably, most likely, by Hezekiah. Hezekiah. And when we think of Hezekiah, we have to go back to 2 Chronicles 32 you got to go to Isaiah chapter uh, 37, 38, and you got to go to 1 Kings 18 and 19. It, it's quite an event when Sennacherib, uh, the Assyrians, not the Syrians, the Assyrians had taken over Jerusalem. Um, and uh, Sennacherib said, I'm just going to cut off the, the water flow here. And they will die of thirst, or they're going to come out, and I will kill them at that time. So, this was a pretty bad time. This was a very difficult time. Very difficult. Probably not too different to what you and I go through. Those earthquakes in our life. I say in Spanish, ¿Qué harías si viene un terremoto a tu vida? What would you do if a earthquake comes? Not if, but when it comes. Because it is going to come. Let me tell you. We live in a broken world. A lot of good things, but many bad things. Many, many. People trying to uh, do other people in. We go through that all the time. What do we do when the earthquakes come? I think this passage will help us. 
I sense that the Lord brought me here. You're going to think I'm Pentecostal. But I really think the Lord brought me here today because somebody needs to listen, hear this message this morning. Psalm 46, though it says alamoth, which means ladies, uh, and so then it's real tough to, uh, what does that really all mean? But let me just uh, uh, place it in that context of Hezekiah. God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed. There's your, there's your earthquake. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Selah. Stop for a minute and consider. What do we need to do when the earthquakes come? When I speak of earthquakes, I speak of, please come in. We don't like the results. You know what that means? Yeah. Something has gone wrong with the family. Earthquake. Financial earthquakes. Uh, all of us have different earthquakes. What do I do? Number one, I'm going to look for the refuge. We need to look for the refuge. What is the refuge? We all know. The safety place. The place where we find safety. Now, I had been taught, being brought up in Bolivia, my parents, missionaries, I had been taught that when the earthquake comes, you get under the doorway. So, <laughs> that morning, 3.34 in the morning, glass goes off the counter, the TV falls on the floor, and all these things start to come undone. Uh, get up and, you know, I'm obviously half asleep. And walk to the doorway of the bathroom in the hotel. That was the bad place to go. Very bad place to go. They no longer believe that. At least the Chileans don't believe that. And I'm sure Southern Californians don't mean, don't believe that probably by now. A lot of people think that they know what the refuge is in life. Might be money. Might be youth. Might be studies. Might be all kinds of things in which we are... Uh, thinking that will get us through. Those things can collapse in a moment's time. What is the refuge? Well, I discovered that day 
what they call el triangulo de la seguridad, the security triangle. What's that mean? That means that you get beside a hard structure, and if something falls, there is a good chance it will bounce off of here, and you will be in this triangle space, and uh, you're, um, uh, there's more possibility, let's say, that you will make it through. Uh, if you're in your bed, I'm just, you know, not hoping that this happens in Southern California, but if you're sleeping, uh, you just roll off your bed, get right next to it, and it's possible that uh, whatever falls will bounce off of that, and you will be in that little space, and will be saved. When I thought of that, I thought of our position in Christ. John says, 10, we're in the Father's hand. Next verse, in the Son's hand. Wow, well, how can you be? Jesus makes it clear. The Father and the Son are one. I'm hidden in his hand. You are hidden in his hand. That's the best secure place. The secure triangle we have, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You can't be more secure, just like the hymn says. We cannot be more secure than that. So let's go back to the text. In the refuge, I find strength, and right there in the same verse, I find help. I find help. In trouble, the word there means in tight spots, in places where you do not have wiggle worm uh, space, uh, where we cannot get out and where things are very, very difficult. Therefore, verse 2, we will not fear an emotion that just takes us down all the time, doesn't it to you? Uh, fear. Something that is so debilitating in life. Fear. The world around lives in fear. And lately has been in a lot of fear that it, was, it is the end of the world. Is it the end of the world? Well, I don't think anybody knows. I know nobody knows. <laughs> Only the Father knows when it's going to be. Quit putting a date on it, that's for sure, because I know it won't be that date, right? We, wanted, <laughs> we just want to live knowing that Jesus is coming again. And if he's coming again, you and I can be very, very hopeful. Uh, be engaged, not, you know, those people who live apart from everybody else, but be engaged, doing the work of the kingdom, uh, uh, fulfilling that which Jesus says, I know uh, this doesn't fulfill totally, but no, doing the work, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, we have here in the word, he says, uh, uh, 
therefore, I will not fear. I'm not going to be anxious. Why? Because I have the strength. I have, um, I have his help, according to verse 1. Now, as you see in verse 2, the earth, it says, even though the earth be moved and though the mountains be carried into the, the midst of the sea. Let me just stop there. You can get earthquakes. You can get hurricanes. You can get um, massive uh, problems in the sea. And you can even get volcanoes out of those three things. What he's saying is when nature, and we have all seen how nature it's very, 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 very powerful in the last few months in Houston and Florida, Puerto Rico, and all those places. Nature is nothing to be played with. You, you and I know that. It says when that happens. Now, let me just suggest something. It says, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the See, we all the mountains. I think are on this side, right? Is that is that correct? There are mountains on this side. How many of us think that these mountains are going to be placed in the sea or are going to be moved to the sea? Impossible. What is the author's idea here? That when things that you never expected would happen, happen, that's when I run to the refuge. When things that you never believed could happen occur, that's when I run to the refuge because that's where I receive strength from the Lord and his help for sure. That's what it's uh, saying in the first three verses. Let's go to verse 4 through 7. What am I going to do when the earthquakes come? This is, another, this is so rich. It says, verse 4, There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst. Just try to picture all these things. He's in the midst of her. He shall not be moved. He's not going to leave you. God shall help. Uh, number three, just at the break of dawn, when hope comes, there is, there is his help. And six, the nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is Emanu. I heard a little Hebrew before. Emanu, Emanu, Emanu. Verse 7, the God of Jacob is our refuge. When the earthquake comes, number one, I'm going to look for that refuge. Number two, I'm going to depend on his help. I'm going to depend on his help. Why depend on his help? Well, verse 4, he refreshes me through the river. Those streams shall make glad the city of God. Now, 
If you've been in Jerusalem, you know there's no big river going through Jerusalem. You know that. <laughs> there was an aqueduct that was built, and that was, uh, that's what Sennacherib, uh, Sennacherib wanted to close off so that they would not have water. Um, but who's the river here? Really? It's the Lord, God, His presence. Many places in the, in the Word, you find Him being depicted as the very presence of God. God is uh, He who refreshes us. Verse 5, He's in the mist, He's not going to be moved. You know what? When those bad things happen, that you never thought would happen, God's not moved. He doesn't quit being God. God is always there. Uh, whether it be sickness, whether it be difficulty uh, financially, whether it be difficulty in the family, God is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what a blessing to see that he will not be moved. Um, verse 6, the nations rage. <laughs> the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. We can believe that he will be faithful today because he's been faithful in the past. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, For a thousand generations... That's uh, Hebrewism. Does anybody know that there's been a thousand generations? No, nobody knows it, whether how many generations there's been. It's a Hebrewism that says, well, man has always failed. God has never failed. And he will not fail today. He will not fail you today, tomorrow, uh, nor until we see each other again. He will not fail. God's not moved. That's why... Verse 7, so wonderful, the Lord of hosts is with you. Emanu is the word in Hebrew. Emanu. Um, we all know what it means in the New Testament. Emmanuel, Emmanuel means God with us. Not a made-up God. What kind of God is it? The Lord of hosts is with us. God of Jacob. And I thought about that. God of Jacob. Jacob wasn't, you know, wasn't the most faithful guy. <laughs> wasn't the guy you could depend on. And that, that actually brought a whole lot of encouragement to me. That, Lord, even though I fail at times, I'm not as faithful as I should be. I muck up at times. He's still my God. And he's still working with me. That's why I come on Sunday morning to remember the Lord. Because it just reminds me again. God paid it all, all to him I owe. Um, this last week, I was uh, in a prison. Uh, not because they put me in the prison, but I went to give a seminar at a prison. Uh, <laughs> a guy asked me, there are all kinds of questions. One of them was, we were doing a, a work on the love of God. 
And one of the, the inmates says to me, puts up his hand, asks me to come over. He says, what's love? What's love? Obviously, has never really experienced love. What a joy to share with him. Another one says, so, if all the sins were nailed on the cross, why do I need to confess my sins now? How would you answer that one? Right? I mean, here I'm talking to these inmates who <laughs> are in there. It was, it was a real joy to, to be with them, to tell you the truth. They have lots of time to study the Bible. Let me guarantee you, they have lots of time to, to get into the Word, study the, the chains, the, the thematic chains that are in the Thompson Bible. A wonderful opportunity. I said, man, just take it as a course from the Lord. First of all, He saved you, He has forgiven you, and He's preparing you for some ministry in the future. Let's get down to brass tacks and start studying the Word and getting ready for God, what God wants to do in your life. But the nice thing here, God is with us. That's why he's refreshing. That's why he's helpful. That's why he's encouraging because he's faithful. Uh, that's why. That's why he, I can go to him. First of all, I go to the refuge. Number two, I look for his help. Number three, well, it says verse eight and nine, kind of a prophetic a prophetic two verses. Behold is the word. Behold the works of the Lord who has made desolation in the earth. He makes war cease. Isn't that great? To the end of the earth, he breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chair, chariot in the fire. That's has a lot of prophecy for sure in it. But behold, this is what the Lord is going to do. Uh, do you ever get bothered by what you hear on the news? Does it ever worry you what you hear on the news? You know, I always wonder. I say, as I, I share with my wife all the time, you know, what kind of world uh, is our are our grandchildren being brought up into? What are they going to have to confront? What are they going to have to face in the future? Thankful that the Lord will be in charge in the end, and he will have the honor and the glory. When we stop to think about what is happening, I can be assured that God is in control. Last one. Here we go. Verse 10. This is the command. Let go. Relax. That's what it really means. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. Emmanuel again. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Our refuge. 
Interesting, that last word, refuge, is not the same one that's in verse 1. Refuge in the last verse is a very high place where no danger can get at it. Be still. You know what I do frequently when problems come my way? <laughs> I run, don't you? <laughs> we just want to get out. We just want to leave. We don't, no, 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 no. I don't want to hang around here, man. This is, this is really problematic. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be faced with this. The Lord says, hang in there. Wait on me. I'll show you. Don't need to run. I'm going to show you. And that's exactly what happened with Hezekiah. Remember? Got the letter from Sennacherib. Uh, Isaiah came and said, Hey, don't worry, don't worry, God's going to fight for you. Guess what? 185,000 people were dead the next morning. 185,000. Did he do anything? No. Be still. And know experientially, not just up here, experientially. That I am God. Wow. How are we up to now? <laughs> uh, be still. Anxiety just eats away at us when we should be trusting our God. He will do. He will work it out. Do I know how? No. I could give you lots of illustrations. Let me just share Two, real fast. Three years ago, I had, <laughs> well, let me go back farther. My parents had a school in Bolivia to which Evelyn Pelly went to work with, uh, our sister who's here. And the Lord has now put it in my hands, in my leadership so that this school goes on ahead. Well, the government, because it needs money and it doesn't know how to get money, anyhow, they laid this big thing on us which was totally unjust, totally unrighteous. But because they are in power, they can do it. Anyhow, to make the long story short, we owed them, according to them, $62,000. Uh, not petty cash, usually. Um, $62,000. How do I get $62,000 to pay? Um, yeah, we can refinance it so you can pay it off in three years but at a terrifically high interest rate, we would end up paying like in the 70s by the end. Lord, I'm on a trip. Lord, what do I do? Like the letter that Hezekiah read to the Lord, right? He took Sennacherib's letter and he said, here it is, Lord. What do I do? The Lord says, cool, man. Be still. 
be still. Somebody that read the CMML magazine, which I trust and hope you receive, wonderful magazine that uh, tells stories from missionaries. Honestly, I just shared the need. Somebody called me, said my son had a accident and the insurance, uh, he got a pretty good settlement. He wants to pay the debt. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> the Lord had told me, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it. That's only one of those, you know, lots of those. I'm sure you could tell a whole bunch of stories, and I'm thankful for that. When the earthquakes come, number one, let's look for the refuge because there's strength and help. Even though what happened you never even dreamt of, you never dreamt of this would ever happen, even though that happens, Look for the refuge in time of trouble when you're in that very narrow spot. Number two, look for his help because he will refresh. He will, <laughs> he will stick with each one of us through the difficulty. He will. Honestly, he will. Because he is the Lord of hosts, Amana. And last, be still and know that I am gone. One last story. Got time. My friend, medical doctor in Honduras. He's driving with a U.S. person. Godly man. They're driving a car from the, from the Texan border down to Honduras. One morning, they're driving in Central America when all of a sudden, 7 o'clock in the morning, the U.S. guy is driving. The Honduran guy is sitting on the side. He has his Bible open. So he's reading to the brother who's driving. All of a sudden, there's this truck, pickup truck, crosses right in front of them and they have to stop. When they look, there's six guys in the back of the pickup truck, all with guns. They jump out <laughs> and they run for the doors. Open both doors both sides, but these guys had their seatbelt on. So they're trying to pull them out. Finally, they work at getting the seatbelt undone. They pull them out. Go through the car, get all the money that there was, their passports. They have them lay down, face down. One of the guys says to him, do what we came to do. 
clean that guy off. Kill him. Kill him. Pointing to the U.S. guy. Kill him. He says, there's something that doesn't allow me to. So he says, if you're such a macho guy, why don't you kill that guy? So the Honduran says, <laughs> well, first of all, he says, give me your ring. Well, he says, since you're going to kill me, uh, you can pull it off my body after I'm dead. <clears throat> I probably would have just given it to him right then and there, you know. <laughs> and then the Honduran brother says, since you're going to kill us, can you let me pray first? Probably I would have prayed a long prayer. Uh, long prayer. In fact, he starts praying. The other guy says, if you're so macho, kill that guy. Kill that guy. Oscar Vides is the name of this dear medical doctor, friend of mine. Gun here. He says, the terrorists pulled the trigger and the bullet did not come out. You believe that one? I probably wouldn't have believed it if it wasn't my good friend. But that's what happened. Is God our refuge? Amen. Is he our help? Can we be still and know that he is God? Amen. Could I ask you to come and play this song? Let's finish with this great song. 588. 588. Uh, why don't I ask you to come up and lead it since you're the leader here the music leader, and then end in prayer. This is a wonderful hymn. How can we not sing it at this time? 500 years of what God has done in the church of Jesus Christ. 588. The power that we rely on is not a human being. It's not a person. It's not a force, but Father, it's the very God of heaven in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, though our foes are mighty, and though there are things that work against us daily, we know that he, the ever-living one, the creator, the sustainer, he loves us. And because of his love, Father, he wishes nothing but the best for us. He wishes nothing but that we prevail Father, maybe not that we prosper, but that we prevail and that we learn and that we grow and we grow close to him. So, Father, we thank you for the peace that we enjoy, the surety we enjoy, the place we enjoy through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.